0: Good morning friends. We continue our study of uh, Jonah. We're in Jonah chapter three today and we'll title this part the Greatest Revival ever. What would you do if you'd been vomited out by a great fish? What's your next move? Well, probably find a hose and clean yourself off after you've been after all you've been covered with muck for three days and three nights, but what then? Well, if you happen to live in the modern world, you'd probably start a reality show, do some interviews, and share your stories with the world. I mean, call it the Jonah Show. If you've had a spiritual experience, you might want to start your own church right there on the beach. Call it Church of the Whales. And if you're an entrepreneur, you might start a water park. That's big these days, especially here in Branson. you can make a lot of money during those hot summer days, call it Jonah's Water World. Or writing the Regurgitron. Well, if you think about it, a man who spent time in the belly of a big fish has lots of opportunities if he wants to take them. A creative type could use that experience to try to catapult himself to fame and fortune. Well, what do you do if you're Jonah? Well, at this point, you wait for God to tell you what to do next. And in Jonah's case, he didn't have to wait very long. Because here comes God's renewed call in verses 1 and 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Hope you notice the crucial words there, a second time. In other words, Jonah got a second chance. But maybe you've noticed not everyone in the Bible got a second chance. I know that when preachers preach on this, we like to say, well, he's the God of the second chance. But that's not always true. I mean, think about Ananias and Sapphira. No second chance. Lot's wife. Lot's wife. No second chance. Check out that with King Saul, who was removed from his kingship for his sinful rebellion. See, the fact that God gave Jonah a second chance doesn't mean that we will always be given a second chance when we disobey. We need to hear this because someone might read Jonah's story and and kind of say, well, it doesn't really matter whether I obey the first time because I'll always get a second chance. To that I say, not necessarily. Don't presume on God's grace. I mean, let's keep this biblical truth in balance. I mean, God always welcomes prodigals. That's true. The light's always on in the Father's house. That's also true. But Jonah did not know in the belly of that big fish what would happen if and when he got out. The really encouraging truth here is that Jonah's disobedience has not canceled the call. God's message is, go to Nineveh and don't mess it up this time. We might say that there is good news and bad news here. The good news is God hasn't given up on Jonah. The bad news is he still wants him to go to Nineveh. Well, we learned several important truths from this. One is that God does not hold grudges. He's the God who abundantly pardons sinners when they come to him. He's demonstrated his grace by renewing his call in Jonah's life. Second, God doesn't lighten the load. Now, It's not as if God has said, okay, Jonah, I get it. You don't want to go to Nineveh, so I want you to take my word to Tarshish because that's where you were going anyway. I mean, that's not how it works. God doesn't negotiate when we rebel against him. God gives Jonah a second chance to do what he should have done in the first place. And third, God doesn't give up. I mean, he cares more for the worker than for the work. I mean, if all God cared about was Nineveh, he could have gotten someone else but he wanted Jonah to confront the evil in his own heart and see something of the great love inside God's heart. You see, friends, God doesn't need Jonah, but Jonah desperately needs God. And we can see more generally that God doesn't need us, but we desperately need him. It often takes people a lifetime to grasp that truth. I mean, if you think about it, there are several reasons why Jonah might still have disobeyed the Lord. I mean, the first was fear. I mean, Jonah knew all about the bloodthirsty atrocities the Assyrians committed. It was common knowledge because, as the ancient records indicate, the Assyrians bragged about their cruelty. I mean, Jonah might easily have said to himself, I'm not going there. I won't last ten minutes. I'd be a dead man before I could get a word out. And then there was shame. When we have greatly failed, a deep sense of shame grips us and keeps us from moving forward. And Jonah might simply have been, well, too embarrassed to obey God. And finally, there is the continuing issue of hatred for the Ninevites and all they stood for. As we'll see later, nothing about his time in the great fish changed the depth of his disgust for the Assyrians. He still preferred to see them go straight to hell. Verse 3 says that Jonah obeyed the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, this is the only time in the book where Jonah actually obeys the Lord. Before and after this episode, Jonah has a stinky attitude. But at this point, he obeys God's call. This leads me to another important point. You don't always have to like what you're called to do, but you have to do it anyway. You don't have to love Nineveh, but you do have to give God's message. So let's give Jonah his due. He got up off the beach, cleaned himself up, and headed for Nineveh. Good for him. That leads me to an important principle, it's this, small obedience always beats great intentions. Sometimes we put aside the small things because we intend to do something great someday. We dream about what we will do when we have more time, or more money, or when we aren't so busy, or when the kids are out of school, or when we get that promotion, or, or we're called to a different church, or when we get to a better job. We all got great plans that we dream about, but nothing. there's nothing wrong with that. But small obedience beats big plans every time. We can dream so much about tomorrow that we neglect to do the small things we ought to do today. So Jonah sets off for Nineveh, each step setting him on a collision course between his prejudice, Ninevite arrogance, and the unlimited love of God. And we're going to stop right there and then continue next week and get to Nineveh. And let's see what happens. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.